Welcome to the Influence Podcast, Collision Edition. My name is Tom Yanni. And I'm Keith Wallace. All right, Keith. So today we're going to be talking with somebody that has a lot to share about Web 3.0. And this is something I'm learning a lot about. And I think probably a lot of people listening mm-hmm. are as well. When I think of Web 3.0, it's sort of metaverse, crypto, NFTs, blockchain. But how it all comes together is still a little bit fuzzy. Why don't you share with our listeners what you said to me? Yeah, sure thing. Um, it, it isn't from me, just from the get-go. Uh, someone a lot smarter than me, I, I read this. But they had a really nice way to sum it up, which is Web 1 was read, Web 2 was write, and Web 3 is own. And what I mean by that is the early internet was all about reading. So you basically just read whatever landing page came up, whatever website, early websites. The next stage was write. So that was about when we could start writing emails, writing blogs, writing social media posts. And now we're moving to Web 3.0, which is about owning those actual assets and starting to be the owner of your own social media area or aspect. So we know that in 2021, Web3 really picked up steam, especially with a lot of brands entering the space. But the concept as a whole is still considered quite nuanced. Luckily, we have a mega leader in the space to break it all down for us. Holly Zhang, the CEO and president of Blue Focus, a marketing technology company that runs on the inner workings of big data and social networks. Keith, I need this. Let's dive in. Holly, great to see you again. I'm really looking forward to to having you up in Toronto for Collision. I know you're going to talk about Web3 and what that means for advertisers and brands. But before we get into that, could you just share a little bit of an overview about Blue Focus, what kind of company it is, how it's different? And I, I thought I saw you changing your brand to Plus Company. Maybe if you could just touch on that a little bit as well. Uh, it, it's not. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me. I still remember the good time we had in Lisbon. I wish we can go back there anytime <laughs> soon. And and then go back to our question. Uh, it's not rebellion. What we did in the last uh, almost two and a half years since we met last time is basically we we were looking a way to also bring the the international side of business for Blue Focus to also go public outside China. So we tried with spec and uh, a couple of other means, but then consider everything going on, including pandemic, including some of the, uh, as you imagine, geopolitical uh, uncertainty, we chose a different route. So what we did is basically we introduced a strategic investor, actually to be more exact is a private equity consortium. So that's between CVC, who is a pretty prestigious private equity global one. And then they partner with CDPQ. CDPQ, as you know, is kind of the government fund uh, with Quebec, mm-hmm. uh, considered again a legacy in Canada. So they formed the consortium uh, and then uh, took a majority share of the international side of the business. Mm-hmm. So that part of the business is now labeled as plus. But Blue Focus is still there as a global brand to answer your question. Yeah. Thanks, Holly. And can you give us a bit of an overview of what your vision or purpose for setting up Blue Focus from the offset was? As you know, Blue Focus actually, it, it was a homegrown business, uh, marketing, communication, branding service business uh, from China in China, right? So it had probably over 25 years history now. So at the beginning, it was just organically growing as a PR company. Mm-hmm. And then when it went public in 2010, you know, it had capital. So like most of the communication company, they started to basically do the acquisition, right? Mm-hmm. So first we acquired a bunch of agencies in China. And then around, I think the time about 2013, around that time, 12, 13, 14-ish, Blue Focus formed a strategy called Go Global and Go Digital. Mm-hmm. So that's when we started to basically go shopping outside China. And as you know, we acquired about 
entrepreneur agencies that also invested in, in some agencies uh, around the world. So before the deal happened with uh, CVC and CDPQ, actually on the international side of business, we have roughly uh, 2,500 employees in about 12, 13 countries. I mean, Canada actually is one of the biggest ones you can imagine. We have Coset, Vision 7 Media, sitting a bunch of agencies there. And then the services we're offering, you know, no different from other marketing communication agencies, you know, anywhere from uh, PR, you know, to creative, to event planning, to especially later days, data, right? Data related, like a performance related. And also we acquired a design agency in San Francisco. So it was a pretty interesting and a dynamic business. And I think early on, you had a question about how different is Blue Focus in general. Maybe let, let me address that one so we can move on to uh, other uh, business and Web3 related question. If you just hear the story about Blue Focus and uh, uh, look at where it was 25 years ago and where it was three years ago and where it is today. By the way, Blue Focus is still a significant shareholder of Plus Company. So the business collaboration is still there. I mean, by no means it will change, right? We still like belonging to the same family. I think two things may be differentiating. Uh, the first thing, as it's obvious, it's China rooted, right? I mean, of course, China is having some difficulty these days, uh, again, by not getting, getting too political, talking about what's going on in Shanghai or whatever. I mean, pandemic is, is a strange thing, changed the whole world, still changing the world. Uh, but put that aside, China is still, let's say, uh, one of the biggest consumption market uh, in the world. Uh, actually, data shows, I think I mentioned it probably even two, three years ago at the Web, Web Summit. So basically, if you're looking at the business side, if you look at 2B, right, the business side, uh, I think even two, three years ago, the Chinese enterprises business already occupied, you know, more than 50, uh, you know, more, more seats on the global 500 companies, even more than U.S. So the business is really emerging, the enterprise of 2B side. And then you look at the consumer side. I think it was the number probably came from McKinsey, but by 2030, the consumption power of Chinese consumers will be more than the combination between European and North America. So this is a huge consumer market. So that's the 2C side. So if you look at that, China, nevertheless, it has been already, but you will continue to be a very interesting and a phenomenal power in the, the, in the whole con consumption market. And then we do service for brand, brand serve the market. So that's obvious, the China side. That's one differentiator. The second one, which is very related to today's discussion is uh, if you know Notice the name change around 2015, we actually add a word intelligent. So Blue Focus used to be called Blue Focus Communication Group. And then I think we're probably 16. After 2016, after a bunch of acquisition, especially in the mobile advertising platform, you know, we actually switch more towards Blue Focus Intelligent Communication Group. So the, the I intelligent was add on. What does that mean? It means technology, it means data. It means, you know, all those future enabled services. It also means that in a way, Blue Focus as a company will be more briefly than ever to embrace the new models and new tech in this world. I think that probably is a very natural leeway to what we're going to cover today here. Yeah. So Holly, at Collision, you're going to be speaking about Web 3.0, which is one of these topics that I feel for a lot of people, uh, maybe it's difficult to wrap their heads around NFTs, crypto, blockchain. How would you define Web 3.0? We can 
all find so many ways of defining it. You know, what is web one, two, three? Uh, some actually defined by the years and some actually, you know, define them by, you know, what internet can do for you. For example, like a web 1.0, it's read only, right? So basically it's read only internet. And then we're talking about 2.0, people talking about, you know, you, you can read and write, you can help to, to construct it, right? And then in a certain extent, uh, and then people talk about web three, which means you can contribute more, you know, you can you can own it. I mean, so that's also a way to define it. And also people define by the product, like, you know, if you look at point one, uh, sorry, 1.0, it's emails only. And if there's 2.0, you know, they're looking about, you know, especially the mobile side getting to that. And then the mobile app getting to that. And then three, it could be, I think what 3.0 will be, I won't call it a revol revolutional, but actually it has a lot of revolutional meaning. Uh, it become more direct, right? Uh, directly engaging people, involving people. Um, it, it probably is more based on protocol, on programming. Than human, uh, you know, intervention there, uh, and it encourage basically encourage more participation, right? In long run, I I do believe this is something that's going to impact uh, both the culture as well as the economic models, uh, and, and then you know, as one of the things we're probably not going to cover too much today uh, is about the governance model, about mm -hmm. many things, about individual, about organization, and even in a way about the society, right? So I think it, I think it it is in a way very a revolutional. And, and if you look at the period of each web, one, two, three, it's roughly about 15 years-ish. So if we look at web one, probably it's anywhere from early 90s to 2005. And then after that to, to early 20s, the web two. And then I think if you look at that, uh, we're still at the very early stage for web 3.0. So a lot of things still need to be defined and will be further polished along the way. So Holly, with, with web three, there's going to be a lot of uh opportunity, what would you say are the biggest advantages for brands and marketers in this space? You know, it's interesting. I think that so many people, including those celebrities, including brands, uh, try to have a touch on that. I'll give you an example. I was talking to one of the uh, the, the movie star in Hollywood about, now it's the, the end of April, so about three months ago. So basically I said, you know, hey, would you be interested? Actually, two things, right? I said, would you be interested doing, for example, an avatar of yourself? Mm -hmm. on internet and the second thing is do you would you be in interested to create some nft and then she's like uh, oh sure i would love to but how and then she's like uh, actually we had this discussion in beverly hill basically right R right there in hollywood where she's like uh, you know i have these friends and that friends you know either from nba or from how they all, all want to do that but nobody knows how to do it right and, and that was three and a half months ago and then lots of development happened in the last three, four, three, four months, right? And then we see brands started to, to issue NFT. We see actually there's the virtual space you can play with. For example, you can do a virtual concert or is that Decentraland had the first uh, fashion week, right? On, on, on their space. And then, so you see lots of things already happening with brand. And then with celebrity, uh, without mentioning all, you know, all the names, we see actually from both sides on the investment side, there actually there's some, NBA stars, some sports star, as well as the movie stars, get into investing in this field. And then some of them started to mint their own NFT, 
you know, put on OpenSea and started to uh, push for it. And, and then, you know, the price, the cost level is it, fluctuating a lot, right? So I think I think people are testing water with that. And, and then we do have the luxury of uh, number one, time. Number two, in a way, also the funding to play with them. By the way, I'm sitting here in Silicon Valley. Let me, let me tell you, this is such a rich industry. I mean, they do not lack money. I mean, you, you can see funding pouring into those projects, but it needs the ability really to judge a good project from a bad one. And also time will, will tell. So I think, you know, at the end of the, 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 is that sustainable business or is that sustainable NFT? Time will tell. Yeah. So we're still, again, at a, at a very early stage. So Holly, you talked about these 15-year intervals from web 1.0 to 2.0 to 3.0 and how we're now at the very early stages of web 3.0. And so you're talking with brands all the time, helping them position themselves for the future. So I'm just wondering, what type of advice are you giving to these people to ensure that they are properly set up for the future of web 3.0? We see some brand actually working with, for example, some of the gaming you know, you, you definitely you probably heard the word about like a you know, uh, DeFi and then you know, GameFi things like that, and then everybody is trying to move from the the original game to like a blockchain game things like that. But but nevertheless, how the format changed, brand can still work. For example, with those gaming company in the in the game world, right? So we see actually some collaboration happening on that side, uh, and then we also see, for example, they get into virtual space. Do you guys know? A Chinese company called Baidu. They 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 like the yeah the Google of mm-hmm. I hate to say they're like the Google of China, but you know so something like that. You know, so Baidu launched a virtual space called the Xi Rang. Xi actually means hope, right? Mm-hmm. Rang actually means soil. So basically, Xi Rang means like the uh, hopefully the the the, the, so, the soil for hope, right? So uh, it, it's a virtual space. So what we did, we focused it. We actually like a bought bought a, a piece of land or a piece of you know some some space on that and then we, we build a virtual shopping street so back to your question those brands came to work with us saying you know it's just think about it. it's just visualize a shopping street maybe on fifth annual right or maybe Huai Hai Lu in Shanghai or whatever in Tokyo right so those brands came to work with us and said can we open a virtual store on this shopping street and we did so basically, you see those brands get into those virtual space and try to promote their product. And then one thing particularly interesting, I think, again, this is not a new concept, but it will also flourish so well in Web 3.0 generation is about this kind of omni-channel, mm. the omni-channel interaction, right? You have the online or virtual, online is not, again, not a new world, but, but basically in the, in the virtual world, in this shopping street, you get people come to shop with you or at least get into stores to see the different products and then they can they can do two things right for example if you get into gucci store you probably can get a gucci virtual product where you can use potential in all the virtual spaces so if you play a game in a sandbox or somewhere decentraland you can wear go back handbag it's a virtual gucci bag right or if the next day you go to some other places, virtual space to again date a person. You know, you can bring that back too. So you can really use that virtual product. And then the other thing they do is basically they link the virtual product in that space with the real product in mm-hmm. in the store, right? So if you really go to Fifth Avenue, or I don't know what's the name of the shopping street in Toronto, you say, hey, you know what? 
last night I saw this on, on your virtual space, then what's the, uh, you know, related product in your store? And then they can give you, you, you can buy the real stuff. So it, it is the multi-dimension experience coming together. And then when I mentioned about the omni-channel, I think what brand can do and agency can do is basically you collect an, the data from all those dimensions and use it to profile about the consumer and generate insider intelligence for the brand. Mm-hmm. So that's the really, you know, the omnichannel experiences. Yeah. So Holly, we're seeing brands starting to come into the NFT space. Uh, I think ASICS was the first one that I saw who had a virtual shoe that you could buy and then place onto your avatar, which is kind of similar to what you were talking about there. With brands coming on and also brands being set up like the Board Ape Yacht Cup, which are companies that are, that are now becoming brands, how do you see this craze going on? Do you think it's here to stay? Or what, what are the next 6, 12, 18 months for NFTs? I think that's a very good question. I, I have to admit, I had my own doubt. Maybe I'm still having my doubt. Right? Yeah. I got a friend uh, who actually invited me to dinner tonight. And he he told me to buy the, uh, we call it monkey, basically the ape. You know? yeah. he, told yeah. me to buy, he told me to, to buy it like uh, two months ago. And, and, and I was like, oh, Forget it. And, and then a month ago, he said, you know, because by the way, we, we as an LP, we invested in Andreessen, you know, A16Z, right? And he's like, a, you know, you guys are getting into it. It's a label. Like if you invest in A16Z, all the entrepreneurs like myself look at you like, wow, you guys understand Web 3.0. And then the other thing you you should do to label yourself, understand Web 3.0 is to, to buy a monkey. And then you know, change your WeChat or Facebook, uh, basically uh, icon into the into the uh, the ape. Mm-hmm. At the time, the, the the floor price for one ape is about uh, I think a one hundred one oh five Assyrian. Yeah. And I didn't take commission. Uh, it's again yesterday he pinged me again. He's like, you know what? It's one hundred thirty now, right? <laughs> so I was like, how I'm going to tell my board that I spend seven hundred k US dollars. Bought a JPG and to replace my beautiful face. Right? So I can't pretend I really understand everything, but it is happening. And and then to your question, I think there definitely there are bubbles there, right? To need to be squeezed out. But this is nothing new, you know. From I mean, probably Web One, we we are all kids. We're still in school or whatever. I mean, a uh, Web Two, we're we're getting into you know the business. But there's nothing different from there, right? I still remember early days, you get people just really hanging out with all those PPT without a really, really idea how to run a business. I think I think the same thing will happen with NFT as well as some of the startup with Web 3.0. But I also believe this is a disruptive creation. Is that the right English? It's, it's a, it is a disruptive creation because it's at the intersection among so many things. The culture, right? The economics, right? The way how business and people organize. How are we going to manage the digital rights, right? You know, in a way, I'm also thinking the NFT, it's a little bit like, um, gosh, I was in Europe. Again, last trip was, you know, the trip went to went to uh, Web Summit. So mm-hmm. I, I used to go to Europe a lot, like Italy, Spain, especially. Love it, right? During the Renaissance. So, you know, you know the House of Medici, right? I think they, the, the greatest accomplishment or contribution they made is basically in the sponsorship of those art and architecture in the early early days, right? Why? Because if you look at the artist, I was in Florence and uh, Rome for many for several times, if you, you know, you know, just cruising around all those museums looking at history. Because the artists generally would not begin the work until they're paid. When I should say until they were paid, 
right? So it's a very different model if you look at the early days of the Renaissance, right? And then if you fast forward to today, NFT is nothing different from that. Yeah. You know, you need to pay an artist to do the work. If we call it, some of you, they're not really artists, but you need to pay the people to do the work to create. And then they will continuously to, to benefit from the product, whatever we call the project. You know, I think that's, it's the right thing to do. And so, so I think if we look at that, I think NFT uh, will be there. Uh, NFT trading is also a new thing because in the past, if you sell a piece of art, you can only sell the ones. Now you can sell them multiple times, right? Uh, I think that's also a great thing. And the other part is, again, going back to those brands create NFTs, you know, you can be a fan of, for example, Adidas or Nike or those NBA stars. In the past, what, what you can do, you can probably buy a pair of shoes, right? Or you, you can go to watch the, watch the game. But now you really can convert those kind of attention or passion into business revenue. Mm -hmm. And then you're participating. Again, going back to the participation side. And I think that's great. And then let's say if someday you don't believe in it anymore, you can just trade it. Oh, even there's another word in, in, in blockchain. Basically, you can, I won't say you can, you can destroy the blockchain, but there, it, it's just more proactive participation from the fan side, the human being side. I think that's great. Of course, you in due course, lots of the regulations, you know, and, and about trading platform, all those things need to come up more complete. But I, fundamentally, I believe in this kind of a theory, yeah. So when you're thinking about Web 3.0 at these really early stages, and we're doing a lot of learning right now, do you ever think about what does Web 4.0 look like? Will it still follow that same 15-year cycle and sort of evolve at the same pace that we've seen to date? Or is this just sort of a transformative stage where that cycle is going to be completely broken up and we're going to see something completely new in the future? I'll probably leave it to my two-year-old to <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he, he actually refused to leave the room before you guys get out. He's like, he's like I, said, I said, mama need to kaihui, which means mama need to be in a meeting. He's like, mm, do not be in a meeting. I don't care about meeting. So, so anyhow, I, I think my point is, I mentioned about this roughly 15 years, yes, right? 15 to 18 years-ish time period. I think we're still at the very beginning. There will be risk and ambiguity at the beginning, like everything else. So, so at, at this point, it's about no matter for builders, for regulators and for you know investors is about working together to conquer that. I probably would not uh, think too much about web for yet, but I do think things will keep evolving itself. It's like uh, several years ago, we we'll probably never think about 3.0, right? In a way, pandemic escalated the whole thing also, right? So, so I was not kidding to say, I will leave that question to my two-year-old because, you know, think about another 10 years from now, he will become a teenager, right? I mean, literally when he was born, he was, I think he was probably only six, seven months old, definitely less than one, younger than one year old. He even couldn't speak. But when he, when he see a screen, right? Like if he see you guys there, he, the first reaction, he's using his hand to touch it. And I have to tell him not all the screens is touch screen. But think about when we grow up, Right. I mean, you guys probably be younger than me, but we we need to learn how to use touch screen. It's it is intuitive, but you but it's a new thing. For him, it's natural. He 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 couldn't read, he couldn't speak, but he knows how to move, move things around. Swipe left, right? And then if he watch YouTube, he doesn't read the skip ads, right? But when he sees that button, he touch it. So we'll jump into his video. So my point is, yes, there will be to answer your question, and I will let when the time comes, the, the, the generation will figure out. 
Completely agree, Holly. I think uh, the generation of today will be metaverse natives. So they'll just be growing up with that technology around them. With that in mind, what are you saying to your clients now about the metaverse and how are you getting them ready for it? Uh, we actually, for Blue Focus, what we did is we, number one, we formed a company 100% owned by Blue Focus, by it's called Blue Blue Universe. Uh, not too creative, but again, it's called Blue Universe. Uh, so we're doing several things there in the Blue Universe, right? So three angles, let's think about. It's about, the first angle is about person, or I should say about character. So it's it's who, it's the dimension of who, right? The second dimension is about stuff or object. So it's about what? And then the third dimension is about space. I mentioned about this uh, hope soil from Baidu, right? So it's about space, it's about venue. Uh, actually, it's about where, right? So think about these three dimensions. So in the blue universe, as again, a startup of blue focus to target this area, uh, what we did, what we, we are doing is basically launching product. Again, product to our industry is the services, right? launching new product and new service for each of the dimension. So for the who dimension, uh, the, the, the character actually is about avatar. We are creating those virtual idols or avatars from scratch. We already launched the two product. Unfortunately, it's in Chinese, uh, but it's like it's actually two different ladies. One is we call it the uh, Sister Sue. She came from 1400. 600 years ago. So, you know, those, those uh, you know, Asian, the Chinese style, but but basically it, it is a character. I mean, you, you probably can look for it in, in, in on the internet, right? And then another one is a, a lady called Kay. Kay is very modern. You know, she sings, she has half of her face go this way, to very, very modern, very metropolitan. And then she represents the, the new type of woman. So we actually create this virtual IPs from scratch. And right now, Basically, like it's like bring up your little girl, my little boy. You're teaching them, you educate them, you know, you you put them on internet, you let them to participating in some par, uh, evening party, you know, all sorts of things like that. And eventually, guess what? When they grow up, when they grow up, they can be the sponsor. I mean, the 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 uh, the ambassador for brand, right? So instead of inviting a real celebrity or movie star. Or, or NBA star, you can have those virtual idol be your brand ambassador. Guess what? What is good? They won't get drunk. They won't do DUI. They won't have rumors, and then they they will they will behave very well, right? <laughs> so 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 it is marketing branding services. It's number one. It's about for us to to market those avatar, those virtual idol, and then it's about let them to help the brand to do the marketing. So again, this is on the the person, the character dimension. On the object or the stuff or the what dimension, uh, we actually uh, create a whole process of methodology to help brands create NFT. I know the uh, the, the the word should call mint mint NFT, right? So why you I use create is because if you look at the marketing service agencies, we actually one hand is about technology, one hand is about creative. So it's not only technically minted; it's about create the storyline behind it, the color, right? The touch and the feel. So we actually inventing a, a platform help the, the brand or the clients to, to create NFT. And also further on become a, let's call it a digital asset operation platform. Because once you have NFT, you also need to help your clients to operate it. 
right? So so that's on the the object or the the word side. And the the, the third dimension, as I mentioned earlier, is about the the space, the venue, the where. So uh, again, you know, uh, the the shopping street, the virtual shopping street, I I I talked about. We also bought a piece of land uh, on Decentraland. Probably will do similar thing, you know, do virtual shopping uh, on or online event, right? And then there's also the intersection. For example, we can uh, use our virtual idol to do those uh, video streaming e-commerce. If you guys know what I'm talking about, you know, those people keep talking in the past and they can sell lipstick, they can sell shoes, they can even sell, I think they can even sell air, whatever, you know, because they have the fair economy there, right? So in the, in the past, it's real human being. In the future, it can also be those avatars, like what I exactly said about the uh, the brand's ambassador. So these are the three dimensions we are using to attack the whole world right now. We got a lot of interest from the brands, but I think actually there are more people interested than trying right now. So I won't say we get like a one standard set of this solution. You, you, we are learning all, ourselves. It's like I have been learning every single day in the last four months, right? So, so we are collective. Like evolving and learning and, and also tuning our solution for the brands. Really interesting stuff. And we're learning just from talking to you and, and hearing what's happening in your world and with the brands that you're working with. So I'm um, really looking forward to hearing more about your thoughts on Web 3.0 at uh, Collision upcoming here. And thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Ali. Thanks so much. Thank you. Good, good to see you guys. All right. You can learn more about Blue Focus by visiting bluefocusgroup.com. And for the latest in digital marketing and the world of technology, check out theinfluenceagency.com and follow us at Influence Agency. And for everything you need to know about Collision 2022, including tickets, visit collisionconf.com and feel free to use the code COLLISION10 for 10% off your ticket. And thank you for listening in. We'll see you next time. Mm